Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next order. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group. Welcome to our first recap of the season. If you're new to the podcast, I'm going to follow the same format as I did last season, starting with the big takeaway from the game, then moving to the stat of the game, and wrapping up with a question submitted by you guys on Twitter. My breakdown of the Warriors' preseason opening win against the Nuggets is next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Warriors played a basketball game for the first time in 277 days. It's been even longer than that since we've seen Steph Curry. It's been even longer than that since the Warriors won a game. But on Saturday, we got to see Steph, and we got to see the Warriors win, beating the Nuggets 107-105 to in their preseason opener. A lot happened in that game, including the debut of Kelly Oubre Jr. and Andrew Wiggins as a wing combo. But I'll talk about that later on. I want to talk about first how Steph looked, because it wasn't great. I think that's indisputable. But figuring out why here is the key. For one, Steph missed shots, okay? He went 3-for-10, 2-for-7 from three-point range. But his teammates didn't make things easy for him either. Uh, a key part of that is that Draymond Green was out. He had tested positive for the coronavirus along with James Wiseman. Both of those players did not participate in training camp, did not participate in the Warriors' preseason opening win. And so it was Steph Curry out there with Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Eric Paschal in place of Green in the starting lineup, and then Gavon Luding starting at center, who, by the way, has the inside track to start at center in the regular season, even when Wiseman comes back. The Warriors want to have a top 10 defense. Gavon uh, Looney is your best starting, is your best center defensively, so you start him at center. Period. End of story. If that's the priority, then you take care of that priority first, and you do that by starting your best defensive center, and that's Gavon Looney. But without having Draymond Green in there, Steph Curry was really. Up, left to his own devices to create shots for himself. And his teammates, like Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, who have little to no experience playing alongside with him. Eric Paschal has only played a handful of games with Steph Curry. And so I thought it was telling that the major two-man game was Steph Curry and Kevon Looney, the guys who have the most experience playing with each other. Some of Steph's shots came off of Kevon Looney pick and roll. Looney would set the screen. He knows where, he, where Steph wants the screen set. There's a feel there. It's not the feel up to the level of Steph Curry and Draymond Green. But there's a feel there. There's an awareness. There's a familiarity. And so Steph used those screens and gravitated to Kevon often. And a lot of his shots came off of those situations. But without Draymond Green, who is going to be the, the, the point guard essentially for this offense that will allow Steph Curry to play off the ball and relocate and do all the things that he does, Andrew Wiggins was the secondary ball handler next to Steph Curry. And that was, that was really clear early on in the game. They were running a lot of offense through Andrew Wiggins. And look, to mixed results, right? Andrew Wiggins, one assist in the game, Two turnovers, not great. I thought the eye test, he did better at the, on, in the eye test than he did in the box score. He looked like he was more in control of the offense than he was in 12 games last year. Seemed to have an awareness of what he needed to do. Seemed in charge. I thought that was good. Look, Andrew Wiggins has experience running an offense. He did it in Minnesota to mixed results, but at least he has the experience. 
But still, I mean, it, it's one thing to run. It's another thing to run an offense that revolves around Steph Curry totally and completely the way that the Warriors offense does. And Steph is a really hard player to play with. He he makes the game easier. Don't get me wrong. He makes the game easier for his teammates with the space that he creates. But he's hard to play with. And that he's unlike any other player in the NBA. The way that he relocates. His activity off the ball. Steve Kerr talked about this after the game. And he, he said the action on the offense doesn't start until Steph Curry gets rid of the ball. For so many point guards in the league, they get rid of the ball and they stop. And the rest of the offense moves on. With Steph Curry, he gets rid of the ball early in the shot clock and then the action starts. And he's running around the arc. He's doing his thing. And every all the other four players on his team need to react to what he is doing. Now, I don't know if you've ever played pickup ball or anything like that. But if you have, you kind of know what it's like to play with somebody who's a little off the usual rhythm, right? There's, there's things in basketball that you just understand. There's a geometry to the game. There's pick and rolls at the center of the floor. You move to the corners. You go to the wings. There's a geometry to the game. Steph Curry messes with that geometry. And this is not a bad thing. This is what makes him a two-time MVP. It's what makes him so hard to defend. But it takes a while for teammates to get used to that because they've been playing with normal teammates, teammates who typically uh, uh, follow the, 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 the classic geometric rules of the game for their entire careers, not just in the NBA, but since they were kids. Steph is different. And once you get used to playing with him, magic happens. But there's a learning curve. And it's going to take a minute. That said, the Warriors won the game. Steph scored 10 points in 21 minutes. And there were flashes of greatness there. But anything Steph got, he created on his own or he created along with Kevon Looney, but mostly on his own. So as this is something we monitor. And as this chemistry starts to develop, I think you're going to see this team get better and better. And that is the plan, by the way. Steve Kerr knows there's no shortcut to this offense. I asked him about it. I asked him about it several times. You could pick and roll. You could three point shoot. You could do all these things all you want. But there's a reason the priority is first and foremost the defense, because as a team they could get better defensively. There are traditional things that they could do. There's in a weird way less chemistry that needs to be developed for this team to be great defensively first than it needs to be great on offense. That's going to take time. And there's no sets and there's no staple plays and there's nothing that you can really do to shortcut it other than just getting Draymond Green back and having that two-man game be the staple of your offense. So it's going to take guys like Wiggins and Oubre and all and Pascal, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, even Kent Bazemore, all these guys. It's going to take time for them to get used to playing with Steph. But when they do, that's when you're going to see this Warriors offense blossom. Coming up, an early hint as to how many threes the Warriors will take this season. Um, apologies for not getting a podcast out uh, last Friday. Um, no excuse, really. I've traveled. I'm back now in the Bay Area to cover the season. And um, I was really tired. And I didn't want to do it. So I'll try to be better. I'll try to be better next time. I'll have a mailbag up later this week. So send your questions into me on Twitter 
or by email at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Also later this week, I'll have recaps of both games in Sacramento following this same format. So tune in for those on Wednesday and on Friday. So let's get to our stat of the game. And the number I took out was 11 for 40 on three-point attempts. That's what the Warriors were in this game against Denver. Now, 11 for 40, not a great percentage. It's, it's, that's a bad percentage, in fact. That's 27.5% of your threes. They need to be a lot better than that from three-point range. But I'm not going to worry about that a whole lot right now. To me, the takeaway was that they took 43-pointers in that game. And most of them came in the first half. When the starters got most of their minutes. Now, Steph went two for seven. Kelly Oubre went one for six. Andrew Wiggins went two for six. But I'm not worried about the percentages necessarily. I just like to see them taking that shot because 43 pointers is a lot of three pointers. The Warriors last year took 31.3 attempts from three point range per game. This is almost nine more threes a game. This would rank near the very top of the league if they were taking 43 pointers a game. Now, if you look at the personnel, you would say they shouldn't be taking that many threes because they don't, they're not a great three-point shooting team. With Klay Thompson out, Steph Curry is their only elite three-point shooter. Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, not proven three-point shooters. We're waiting to see if Oubre's 35% from three-point range last year was uh, a sign of progress or an anomaly. Eric Paschal, he took two threes, the first one of which he, he clanked off the, the side of the backboard and went wide, wide right and missed the, missed the rim completely. Ended up taking one more late, and I was surprised he did because you could tell he did not want to take another one after that first one. Kevon Looney took a three-pointer. Missed it, but he took one. He thinks he could be better from the corners, by the way. And they didn't get much from other people. Brad Wanamaker went 0 for 2. Kent Bazemore 0 for 1. It wasn't until the, the deeper bench guys came in later. Damian Lee, 2 for 2. Jordan Poole, 1 for 1. Michael Mulder, 3 for 4. We'll talk about him later. They did well. But the main guys, they did not shoot well. But I don't really care. They'll shoot better. They'll shoot better than that. Look, this is not a great 3-point shooting team, but they're better than 27.5%. But I like to see them taking the shot because that's going to create space. Teams need to at least respect it. They need to be expecting that that shot will be taken so that that will open up space for guys like Wiggins and Uber to cut. So if they're taking that many threes, especially early, now and in early in the season, it's going to set up everything. This is like in football where you run the ball to set up the play-action pass. The Warriors are taking threes. They're running the ball to set up all the other stuff that they're going to want to do when they start to get a little bit more sophisticated on offense and they start using a little bit more back screens and pin downs and all these things that Steve Kerr loves to do. Things that are going to spring Wiggins and Oubre for for, uh, cuts to the basket. It's going to be really helpful when Draymond Green comes back and he's going to be able to quarterback this thing. So that, that, to me, was surprising. I did not expect the Warriors to take that many threes. I did not expect them to take 40 threes in this game. And I asked Steve Kerr about it after the game. I asked him if this was a point of emphasis to take this many threes or if that was just what Denver's defense was giving them. 
And he basically said that this year, the Warriors are trying to create more space beyond the three-point line than they ever have. That's key. That's a, that's, that's a key difference than just saying we want more space. To say that they want more space beyond the three-point line. So they don't just want to space the floor to the three-point arc. They want to space the floor beyond the three-point arc. So obviously a key part of that is going to be Steph Curry taking these 30-footers. They're going to empower him to do that. But they're going to be playing a fast pace. They're going to want to be getting out in transition and semi-transition. They're going to demand attention before they even get to the three-point line, let alone into the paint or in the, near the rim. So we'll see how that works. But obviously the biggest factor in that is going to be taking these threes. Eventually, hopefully, they'll, they'll start making them. Uh, coming up, I'll tell you who has the inside track on the 15th and final spot on the Warriors roster. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're like me, when you get hungry, you can make bad decisions. But the best way to avoid blowing your diet is to be prepared. That's why I always have a box of Built Bars with me when I'm covering these games or at home in the kitchen. Not only is this the best tasting protein bar I've ever had, it's the most healthy and it fills me up while I'm busy or I'm on the go. With 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar, but they're low calorie and low sugar while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for keto and other low carb diets. So get your order of Built Bars now. Maybe you're not ready to eat them because you're, you're too busy stuffing your face with cookies and candy canes and all that good stuff. But you're going to want them on January 1st when you're, when you're starting your New Year's resolution and you want to start hitting the gym again Start get, or, you know, or whatever you're going to do. Maybe a home gym. You order some stuff off of Amazon to set up a little home gym. I'm sure you're already thinking about that, maybe putting them on your Christmas list. You're going to want to start eating healthy from the get-go of 2021. Don't give yourself an excuse to eat those Christmas leftovers on January 1st. Just get that box of Built Bars now. Be prepared for your New Year's resolution. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off on your next order, plus a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We are days away from the start of the NBA regular season, and this week, the Locked On NBA podcast is previewing every team division by division. Get intel on each team, waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. Our Twitter question of the game comes from Nat, who writes in, are they definitely planning to fill the 15th roster spot, or is it possible that they'd put Michael Mulder on a two-way? Now, all you need to do to answer this question is listen to Steve Kerr, who, after the Warriors' preseason win, said of Mulder, Mike's a really, really good player. His shooting is important to us. We need as much shooting as we can get. That tells you everything you need to know. And this is the latest lobbying attempt by Kerr, who's been effusive about Mulder since Mulder signed to the Warriors late last season. Now, ownership could seek to cut costs by waiving Michael Mulder, and then they could possibly try to re-sign him to a two-way contract, but they can't just convert him to a two-way. They would need to waive him and then bring him back. Uh, and doing that, and, and by carrying only 14 players on the roster, would cut costs off of a, a really expensive team, but it would also risk losing Michael Mulder, who, I mean, what is he, the second-best three-point shooter on this team already? It's not out of the question to, to say that. Clay Thompson doesn't count. He's out. Behind Steph, Michael Mulder's the second-best three-point shooter on this team. And so, because of that, it seems unlikely that, this, that the Warriors would waive him 
just to save some money or to create some cap room. Now, his contract is unguaranteed for a long time. So if, if somebody becomes available on the buyout market and the Warriors want to use their disabled player exception, which is worth $9.3 million about, they can decide to do that later on. They can waive a player if maybe it's Mulder. They could do that. They can create that spot easily. But no reason to do that now. I think they need Michael Mulder. He seems to me like a guy that could force Steve Kerr to play him in some games. I mentioned earlier about how they're going to shoot more threes this season. It looks like it. Well, in games where Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre are shooting like they shot on Saturday, Michael Mulder is going to become really important. And I do wonder if Mulder can sort of become the Warriors version of Duncan Robinson. Now, that's a bit of an extreme. Duncan Robinson just posted one of the greatest catch-and-shoot seasons of all time. And, and by the numbers, it was the greatest catch-and-shoot season of all time. Beating guys like Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, who basically hold the records, all those records. It's, it's Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in the record books, and then last, as of last season, Duncan Robinson. To predict Michael Mulder being that good would be irresponsible. But he could be their version of Duncan Robinson. They both played in the G League in Sioux Falls. They both are three-point specialists being encouraged to continue to do what they do best by their current teams. The Warriors are happy with the way Michael Mulder defends. They're happy with the way he rebounds, but they're not asking him to become a ball handler. They're not asking him to be an elite defender. They just want him to take threes and make threes as much as possible. And so he made his first three three three-pointers in the preseason opener, the two clutch free throws. He won the game for them at the end. He did. And that stuff goes a long way. And that's why Steve Kerr likes him. And that's why I think Steve Kerr, even if Michael Mulder is technically the 15th guy on this roster, I think you're going to have nights where, Michael, where, where Steve Kerr is forced to play Michael Mulder. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this rotation on, on nights like that. To see leapfrog Jordan Poole and Damian Lee, maybe even Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker if they're not getting it going. Because the Warriors are going to need shooting from somewhere. And on nights where it's just Steph, Mulder can be really important. So it's something to monitor. Mulder's swing factor this year is, is really wide. I'm really excited to see where that goes. Uh, remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. Thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. I'll see you here tomorrow morning.